Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. This is our buyer's guide for Christmas 2019. I can't, first of all, believe, Alistair, that it's nearly Christmas. Ho, ho, holy moly. Santa Claus is coming to town, Anton. It's, it's getting a, a little bit scary. Uh, I, I'm hopeless at planning, so I'm so sorry to my relatives. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I was doing today? I was wrapping Christmas presents. Really? That's what I was doing. Yep. Really? Well, as we record this, uh, so this is going to be out on the 22nd, and we're recording that this a couple of weeks beforehand. So um, that's actually... I know I've given away the secret, Anton. What? I know. I you know. What? Mike, you don't tell the world... The intricate secrets behind our it's recording. It's all about transparency, and you'll see why in a couple of weeks' time when we get, bring you all the news of season two. Why we've got to be tell everyone everything. Let's be honest about it. Anton's in a different room from us, but we'll talk about that in another he week. Is? Yeah, he is. He oh is. Yeah. This is well, Anton's getting annoyed. Me. <laughs> Anton's getting annoyed now. Uh, so what we're going to do in this episode is uh, we're going to talk about buying a Nintendo Switch. So perhaps you've already got one, but you're not sure where to go next for what you want to buy, or perhaps you're thinking about buying one for. Uh, for Christmas or maybe after Christmas in the sales uh, or maybe you've got kids and you're thinking about well what do I want to get what's important for me to get as part of the Nintendo Switch so we're going to kind of talk about a few things over the next half an hour uh, it is our buyer's guide so we're going to start off with thinking about whether you know, sort of approach this for, for people that maybe haven't ever played the Switch before and also those that are you know fairly seasoned but want to know more about certain things that they maybe don't know about so I think the first thing we should do Alistair is talk about the different consoles that you can get because it's not as simple as just saying I want a Nintendo Switch. There are different versions of the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, as we record this, there's at least two different versions. There's technically three different versions of it. And there's probably another one coming at some point next year. Yes. But as we record it, there's the Switch, there's the revised Switch, Mm -hmm. and there's a Switch Lite. Okay, let's take them one by one, Anton. First of all, your bog-standard Nintendo Switch. Yeah, so this is the the one you see in all the commercials. This is the one which you can play on both TV and handheld. Uh, there's two different variations. Uh, you have the original one, which has... The only difference between them is the older one has slightly worse battery life of... I believe it's four hours. It's rough. Not four hours worse. Yeah. Uh, whereas the other one, you can get closer to six hours with your, okay. your big AAA games. Uh, the way to tell the difference between these two ones is by the box, where the kind of normal one has a, the kind of switch on a white background, whereas the modern one has a switch on a red background. Uh, but outside of that, they're functionally identical. Uh, it comes with your two Joy-Cons, which you can then disattach and use it as your own little wee handheld controller. comes with the dock, uh, and that's the one that we all personally own. Yes, that was the launch day one, the one that is has been there since the very start, other than the new iteration of it, which is really hard. I mean, as, as Anton says, it really, unless you know the boxes, you're probably not going to, it's not going to make a huge difference to yeah. your buying. For all intents and purposes, it's the same machine, just one works a little bit better than the other because it's got a fancy new chip in it, which we're not going to be talking about. It just lasts a bit longer. Yeah, and that's it. And the games You can are, buy either. Either are perfectly good to buy. And the games are exactly the same. You're not going to see any uh, decipherable difference in the games, so don't worry about that. Then we have the Nintendo Switch Lite, which we had rumours about forever and ever. It finally came, um, and it's a bit more of a bright, bright-looking little console. I love the colours it comes in, but Anton, what's the difference for with a Lite yeah, and a Nintendo so- Switch? The, the Switch Lite, as, as you mentioned, comes in three colours so far, and there's also a, legend, a limited edition uh, Sword and Shield variant, 
Um, and essentially, it's the same console. However, you do lose out on being able to play handheld-wise. It has uh, battery life in between both the revised and the classic Switch. J- just to clarify there, you said um, you do lose out on being able to play handheld-wise, oh, but, you, but the other way around. You, you, yes. You, you can only play handheld-wise. Exactly. It doesn't come with a, bo- a dock in the box, and the Joy-Cons are permanently attached. Uh, but you can still play majority of the same experiences, except for games like uh, Ring Fit Adventure and Just Dance, unless you want to buy additional Joy-Cons, which yeah. we can discuss later. And just very briefly, the dock, just in case for anyone that has never seen a Switch before and they're listening to this thinking about buying one, it, it literally, you, you take your Switch, you plonk it in the dock and it appears on the TV screen. But that's the standard Switch that doesn't work with the light. The light doesn't have that that functionality, Alistair. That's right. That's, it gives it, a, gives it away in the name. Light is just missing bits of the big big Switch. Okay, let, so so we know the differences now. The, the light is slightly smaller, it's slightly more pocket-sized. You don't have the detachable Joy-Cons. Um, what what do you think, Alistair, is the pros of getting a light over a normal Switch? Why would people... Well, the major one is the price. So it's cheaper. Yeah. Because you've got less functionality, it's cheaper. It's also smaller, so it's more portable. I suspect it's probably a bit more durable, though it's not been out long enough for us to really know that. Mm-hmm. But it's basically designed for the small one you pick up, chuck in your bag or your pocket, and off you go. Um, whereas the big Switch, it's... It's definitely portable, just mm-hmm. a bit more bulky. Yeah. I think as well, some games uh, on the light do tend to look slightly crisper on a Switch Lite rather than a standard Switch handheld. Not much, but there is a difference. And I think that's because it's a smaller screen. I think that literally comes down to the fact that when you've got loads of pixels, if you're on a smaller screen, obviously it looks better because you're not seeing as much. So, um, you know, it, there, there is that to it as well. Yeah, so uh, there are definite benefits to getting a light, but there are drawbacks to getting a light in that you are limited. You can't, you physically, there's no way of playing it on a TV. You just can't do it. No. And if you want yeah. to play with other people, you're going to have to go out and buy extra controllers, whereas the main switch comes with two controllers you can detach. Yeah. There are your two big differences. Indeed. Uh, thankfully, though, uh, you do still have your local wireless multiplayer, so you can play with people with other Switches. Uh, both the Switches are intercompatible with accessories, uh, kind of online multiplayer, and everything like that. So uh, beyond just having kind of the variations of whether you just want something that's handheld only or don't care about having a console experience, uh, the main thing would be the, the price. Um, yeah. The main switch retails for about what would you say two eighty. Yeah. Um, and usually, if you're wanting it bundled with a game, you're looking at three twenty. Whereas the Switch Lite retails for two hundred, and you can quite commonly find it bundled with a game at like a fifty pound title, which helps kind of make that one a much more accessible option. Yeah, absolutely. And also we should point out that the games work on both. So unless you've got a game that doesn't allow you to play handheld, and I'm trying to think if there are any, I I can't think of any. That you can't play handheld. Yeah. No, I think Nintendo have deliberately said you can't do that. Yeah, so All you, games have to be there, played at least handheld. There are some that you can only play handheld, a uh, few, but but not many, um, but not the other way around. So I think you can play pretty, you can play every game regardless. There's not there, the boxes don't say this is for the light and this is for the Switch. The, they'll just say Nintendo Switch on them, and they'll work for both consoles as well. So um, that's that's a good tip to know if depending on whether you're buying for children. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Next up, the peripherals. I want to talk about all the extra bits because you've got the official Nintendo stuff. There's other companies that make stuff. Uh, the big one are the Joy-Cons. So the Joy-Cons are the controllers that you get when you pick up your Switch. You can play, not the light, because the lights are built in. So forget the light for a second. The, the, the Joy-Cons detach from the Nintendo Switch and you can use them wirelessly or you can have them plugged into the actual Switch and you hold it like you would a traditional handheld console. 
So there's the Joy-Cons. You can buy different colors, different styles, um, some really cool ones. I've got uh, Splatoon-style ones, I think. Uh, no, no, mm. I don't. I've got yellow ones. I've got bright yellow yeah, ones. Yeah, the arms like 10, one. 12 different colors. There's tons of different colors out there, but they are expensive to buy are, an extra yeah. set. So if you want to buy an extra set of Joy-Cons, it's what, about 60 quid? You can be for full price, I would yeah, say. Yeah, for the official quid, Nintendo yeah. ones, they mm-hmm. are they're very very expensive, but they're yeah. ram packed with very clever little tech. Yeah, it, they, they do a lot. Um, they've got little um, RF ID readers in them, so yeah, for... so you can use all your Mebos if you've got any from the Wii and 3DS. Uh, I think probably one of the the most popular accessories for uh, Switch owners would be the Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Yeah. Uh, so if you're kind of more familiar with an Xbox 360 controller or want something that's slightly more comfortable in TV play, um, that is a, a very solid product, I would, would I would say myself. Yeah, I, I think that's one of my favorite controllers of any console recently, actually, is the Pro Controller. I think it's a fantastic controller. It's, uh, it's one that if you're into more serious gaming or you prefer to play with a television, for example... I think this is one that you'll you'll you probably want to check out because if you're used to more traditional gaming consoles like PlayStation and Xbox, it feels like an Xbox controller. Yeah, it's slightly more, better. It's more ergonomic. It's got the weight behind it. It feels just like a proper gaming controller. Yeah. Um, but then there's other controllers out there yeah. from third-party manufacturers. We're big fans of 8-Bit Do. We think that's how you pronounce them. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into we'll get into Switch online later on. But on the Switch, you can play a lot of new games. You can also play a lot of very old games. And there's lots of replicas of old controllers out there that you can buy, which if you're just playing a NES or a SNES game from the past, you might want to invest or at least have a look at some of these things. Yeah, and also, Anton, you've got the official Nintendo uh, sort of NES-style controllers that you can get, which we'll come on to in the Switch Online thing because you've got to be signed up to that to get them, to buy them from Nintendo, I believe. But they're like the old-school, traditional Nintendo uh, entertainment system controllers. They're they're essentially... uh, as a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber, as we'll discuss later, uh, you can get replicas of the Super Nintendo and NES controller. Um, however, personally, uh, I think it would be more recommended to kind of consider a lot of the options from 8-Bit Doe. Uh, they're about £20 a pop, so if you're wanting maybe four controllers for, um, I don't know, to play a, a four-player co-op game... Um, Definitely looking third party may be the best way and maybe keeping like one nice shiny pro controller for yourself. Yeah, you've got um, the Mega Drive style one from 8-Bit Doe, which I think you really like. And I've got the Super Nintendo style one. I think I paid, I think I got mine actually with a Retro Gamer subscription, bizarrely enough. That was the gift they gave us uh, to sign up for a year. Um, so it was 26 quid with the magazine for a year. But you can get by them for about £20. Um, and it's great. It's really good, Anton. And I know that you love your one. Yeah, and um, they they also do a pro like s controller. We're not sponsored, by the way. We just love their products. Um, yeah. But one thing that sadly we don't love, but kind of need to talk about is um, we may eventually you may see yourself if you are very much a digital consumer needing to pick up a micro SD card. Oh yeah, um, of course, yeah. From default, the Switch comes with about thirty two gigabytes of storage. Uh, it depends on your taste in games. Personally, I like a lot of indies, which your indies could be anywhere from 400 megs to 1 gigabyte, so you can fit a fair few games on there. Uh, however, if you're into some of the bigger games, like uh, I think some of the AAA games can get up to that 27 gigabyte point. Uh, yeah. So you can pick up maybe like a quick 
128 gigabyte SD card for about 20 pounds these days. Uh, I think you get 256 for about 40 pounds. Yeah, uh, I've got a 256 on my Switch and it keeps failing. So I don't know if it's just my particular card or if yeah. it's better sticking to slightly smaller capacity it's, for now. It's worth doing a bit of research because um, there are certain cards that get really well reviewed for being on for, for use with the Switch. Now, that's not to say that others don't work. It's just that some get particularly good reviews. But even just sites like Amazon, you'll see... Um, deals quite often on on the SD cards and it's worth kind of waiting for one if you don't need to use it. And remember as well, this is really important on the Switch, when you're saving games, if you're not playing something, if you're playing through one game at a time, you can archive your game so that it leaves the space on your system so that you're not... So the game is still there. Your save... uh, I'm not sure about the save file. I think I believe it still stays there. Yeah, save file stays. But when you archive the game... You can't access that game. It'll still have the icon icon on your Switch, but you can't access that game until you reinstall it. And I think that's a really good way of kind of sort of managing what you do with your Switch. You know, if you're only playing through one title at a time, you don't necessarily need to have all those other games installed. Yes, you have to reinstall. It's maybe a bit of a pain. But if you don't want to rush out and buy the first SD card that you find, I suggest doing that first. That's right. And there are a few branded cards out there. So Nintendo have officially licensed some SD cards. You don't need to buy an officially licensed Nintendo SD card. Just buy any reputable exactly, yeah. SD card. I think a good tip would be if you go on Amazon and you go down to the review bit, you can actually search for keywords. So I would recommend searching for Nintendo Switch and seeing if that particular brand or model of card uh, has had good compatibility. Uh, yeah, yeah I agree. You, yeah, there's a, a balance between class, like speed of card, where you don't want to get something that's industrial grade, but you don't want to get something that's too cheap. Uh, just giving it a little wee search, I believe... If you want to get into the numbers, it's about a class 10 card you need. Okay. Uh, also, another peripheral that we forget about sometimes that you may use if you play... A, and we'll come on to the ring fit in a minute because I know Alistair's doing the gesture. And <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a very important one. But before that, I was going to mention uh, the portable batteries. Now, if you are someone that travels a lot, uh, but you maybe find that the switch battery of life of four to six hours isn't enough for you and you're going to be going on longer journeys than that, you might want to consider a portable battery to, to, to charge your switch. Um, I think it's Anchor that make an official Nintendo Switch one. I have one of the Anchor batteries. It's fantastic. I think I get two full charges of my Nintendo Switch. Um, takes a good sort of couple of hours to charge. My one does, but it'll last me for for ages. So if I was on a trip to Asia, for example, then I would have enough to charge my Switch two or three times. There are rules on certain flights about what you can and can't do, but as long as you stick to those, well worth checking those out as well. Um, and you will get the deal on them occasionally too. Yeah, another thing that's worth bearing in mind if you're traveling a lot is actually investing in a case and a screen mm-hmm. protector for that matter. Screen um, protector, really important. You, there's a couple of really, really good ones that you can get. And again, on Amazon, have a look at the reviews, but you'll find that they usually come in a pack of two or three. And sometimes the first time you put them on, it's a bit of an experience because they're not the easiest to put on. So one of the key tips I would say is look for reviews of how to put it on first and check that it is one that people are saying, yeah, it's not yeah. that bad. And maybe watch a YouTube video. And one, <laughs> one thing I'd like to say is uh, this is coming from... From somebody who has never put a screen protector on my phone, iPad, camera, whatever. Same. The Switch is the one device I do have a screen protector on due to the fact that it has a plastic screen, sadly. Uh, so it is a little bit easier to scratch. But mainly because there is a... I don't know if this is a more earlier uh, issue with the Switch where if you put it into the dock wrong, you can kind of rub it, the screen against the kind of plastic walls of the dock. Uh, and obviously that's just something you just want to kind of avoid. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At some point, I really should go get myself a screen protector because I haven't got one. Have you not? Wow. No, I've got a travel case, but the screen so far, it's got, it's got what you'd expect, the teeny tiny little micro scratches on it. Yeah. So it's probably worth the investment by yeah. a screen protector. Um, I've had a screen protector on since day one, and I have to say I haven't even thought about it since because it's, it's such a great screen protector that I don't notice it. I've yeah. put it on well enough, and that's the key as well is the installation of it. it. Take your time with it. Don't rush into doing it. Um, and uh, I should say as well, Anton, that, that not, none of us have had the scratch issue from the dock thing. It's not True. necessarily a common thing, but it is something we would recommend a screen protector, definitely, just to avert that possibility. Yeah. But say, unlike having it on your smartphone where you see the cuddles around the camera and the microphone and then it's like doesn't go all the way, the switch has a natural bezel, so it lines up with that and looks fairly... You forget about it, as you say. Yeah, I haven't even really thought about it since. I've just kept it on there. Um, and hard case, I think that's well worth doing. Again, check out some. There are some official ones. You even get some uh, Nintendo Switch branded bags, like backpacks, which are kind of sort of designed for the Switch. The one thing I would say about that is um, that's okay, I think, if you've got a kid. I think that makes sense. But I think if you uh, you might want to watch that if you are someone who travels a lot because it does obviously then advertise the fact that you have a Nintendo Switch in your bag. So um, <laughs> you, you, just just a tip. Just... <laughs> You know, I, I think they look great, but I, that's the reason I haven't bought one. I've, I've gone for something different. But uh, so they've got. Is there anything we've missed in peripherals? Anything else? Oh, well, the Ring Fit. Well, we're, yeah. So the Ring Fit we're going to talk about. But is there anything else before Ring Fit that we? Yeah, I, I think that, I think we've covered it. Okay, Ring Fit then. So Ring Fit is reasonably new, Alistair. You've played one. Describe what it is. Uh, in simple terms, it's a techie ring. It's a big ring. It's probably about a foot in across. You slide the Joy-Cons into it and it lets you play uh, exercise games. So it, it's got sensors in the little controller so it knows when you've squashed the ring, when you've lifted the ring up, when you're jogging, uh, and it links to a specific game called Ring Fit. Um, it's only come out in the last, can I say, couple of months. Uh, I, we suspect, although we're not sure, it might feature a bit more heavily in some upcoming exercise-type games for the Switch. Yeah, and um, again, if you maybe have played Wii Fit in the past, maybe had a Wii in the house, um, this is kind of the next generation of where they seem to be going. Ring Fit seems to be sort of taking over that from the Wii board that you used to get and all the rest of it. Um, it seems, again to be a very solid piece of kit so I think if you can get that potentially in the sale um, I think that's something to look out for as well because they are quite pricey I think they're about £70 yeah 60 70 quid with the game with the game though and, and the game has a lot of content It's it, it seems to be well reviewed you've played a bit of it it's I cool. have I've laughed at people and people have laughed at me doing it so yeah. it's good fun and it's a good workout a lot of people have said it's actually James who's also on the podcast told us about how it's actually it's tough it's actually a decent workout so again have a look at that right then uh, will we we were going to say something, Anton? Yeah, uh, just kind of on the, the vein of kind of game plus accessories, you may see these big boxes that say Labo on them. Oh, um, of course, Labo. Yeah. How did we forget Labo? A very unique one. I think if you're maybe buying a Switch for a, a partner or a, an older teenager or something like that, maybe not your first choice, but uh, I think a kid kind of five to maybe nine at the latest, uh, it would be a ton of fun but even beyond that uh, I think there are people that would enjoy it but it's essentially you get these big sheets of cardboard and you get a little wee software that you put in your type, your hardware uh, and it goes through and it walks you through, through building stuff it goes from anything from a piano to as uh, grand as a, a VR headset uh, it has its set software where you can program them to do weird cool stuff but um as well as that, you can go in there and kind of play them with some other titles. Like uh, the VR one especially works with Breath of the Wild and a couple other titles. And the racing one can be played with Mario Kart. Uh, but that one, uh, I think, if you have a maybe a kid that's kind of into 
handsy arts and crafts kind of stuff might yeah. be some fun yeah and you'll see some different pricing on there as well there's different things that you can pick up there's different kits you can pick up for labo and i think um you've played a bit of labo haven't you Austin? no it's oh yeah i've never tried yet no oh, right okay no it's james I think james it's, has it yeah. there's vr within labo as well you can actually get labo vr which is um it's not like buying a premium vr headset oh, it's made of cardboard it's made of cardboard <laughs> um but it is fun and it might be something again that uh you know if you've got kids you might want to check out but we'll talk about that in a minute all right, next up, Switch Online. So the way when the Switch launched, it you didn't have to pay for an online subscription, but but you do now. It's around about seventeen ninety nine a year, I believe, for a single subscription. But you can buy a family pack. Uh, we'll check on the prices there, but you can buy a family pack, which allows is it up to five members of the household? I believe it's five people. Uh, you can add them all in; they get all the same benefits. Uh, if you have some friends that have got Switches, uh, you could possibly divide it between them. And I believe it's £35 uh, a year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so with the, the subscription service, the main perks are as you get to play games online. So if you're into playing Splatoon 2 or Overwatch or Super Mario Maker, uh, it can do that. It gives you ans- access to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System and the Nintendo Entertainment System, which we can come back to just in a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And it gets you access to some exclusive perks on the My Nintendo website, such as the Super Nintendo and Nintendo Entertainment System kind of replica controllers, uh, as we previously mentioned. But you do not need this to buy digital games. No. Uh, I think it's an important clarification. Yes, the shop, you don't require this to go into the shop and buy and download titles. That's not um, what you do need to do. However, there are some titles that do need this, so you can't play them without it. For example, I play um, Rocket League. Now, Rocket League is a is an online game because that's the way you play, and there's other games that like that, like um, Overwatch, for example, or I'm trying to think of many of the other ones. But also, there are some games that come bundled with a subscription uh, to Nintendo Online. So Tetris 90 you can buy the game Tetris 99 which by the way is a free title if you already own the Nintendo so this gets a bit confusing it's a free title if you have a subscription you'll get to download Tetris 99 however you can buy a physical copy so that's an actual cartridge of Tetris 99 which comes with a year's subscription but also gives you the extra downloadable content that you don't get for Tetris when you have the free version through your subscription and that has a whole different bunch of other modes and actually it can work at quite quite good price wise if you can pick that up for £20 or thereabouts you're essentially buying a game for a few pounds two or three pounds and then you're getting a subscription for your price of $17.99. Super Mario Maker as well, I believe. Yes, Anton? indeed. Uh, and I believe Overwatch also comes with uh, three months of Nintendo Switch uh, okay. online. Uh, and if you have Twitch Prime, uh, you can also, they quite often give it away for free in there. But uh, I can f- I definitely think if you're buying uh, Nintendo Switch online just for yourself, not thinking about going for the family pla- pass, uh, going and getting the Tetris 99 with the DLC would be your best resort because worst case scenario you can go ahead get the game redeem your online and if tetris 99 and the dlc isn't your cup of tea you can always flip the game and get uh, a, a couple pounds off and kind of you'll be cheaper all off and you would have had that experience of getting to play tetris 99 yeah which is a great title by the way it's we'll come on to those a bit later on yeah and i think we would all say it's worth getting a nintendo switch online account i think we, we all use it i i don't really play online games no. i mostly just have it because i like playing the 
uh, digital NES and SNES games that you have access to. That's yeah. m- the main reason we're keeping it. So very. Honest. So so let's talk about those then. So you get twenty four now SNES titles. I'm trying to think how many NES titles there are now, Anton. Do we know I the number? I think now? we're getting close to the fifty mark now. Yeah, so these are the classic consoles, the Nintendo Entertainment System from the late 80s, early 90s, and the Super Nintendo. You actually, with this subscription, um, you will get access to you know 75 odd games from those two systems and there's really good titles in there classic ones that you probably have played at some point like mario and mario kart and zelda and many other titles as well um and you can just go and go ahead and play them and they also get updated uh so, so new titles appear on the system quite regularly we've just had four new snes ones to add to the initial 20 um and it's a really really good way of um playing some retro games alistair it is. It is. I mean, I've I've uh, I've enjoyed many hours now going back and playing a lot of games I played as a kid, um, and it's not really cost me anything, and they're always there. At least they are for now. Yeah. So uh, it seems really good. Another benefit of the Nintendo Switch Online is it gives you cloud save. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have a Switch, then most of the time it's just saving games to your Switch, and if you break or lose your Switch, that's your game saves gone yeah if you have a nintendo online account you can save most games in the cloud and that ethereal thing up there and if you end up getting new switch sign back in you can download your games You'll again still get in, your saves yeah doesn't work on it. every game but a lot of games do have cloud uh, d- just to, to clarify it would be the saves that you would be saving on the cloud because yeah. the games themselves if you did lose your switch um, as long as you have your account details, you'll be able to log back into the eShop and download your titles again. It's just that the saves might not be there if you haven't Correct. saved them in the cloud. And if you lose a physical game, then it's also gone. And then yes. a digital game, you can re-download. Yes, absolutely. Um, so Switch Online, I think, um, for me, I think I would agree with Alistair. I think it's 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 well worth looking at um, just simply from the point of view that it gives you access to these extra things and I think there's a lot of fun in there Um, and also um, I think that for most people I know that there's if you've got kids and we'll come on to that in a minute you might have some issues or worries about the online element but rest assured if you're paying for one of the other consoles, like Xbox or PlayStation, first of all, you're going to be paying more than you pay on the Nintendo. Yeah. And secondly, um, they have voice chat. And voice chat is not something that's very easily accessible in in the Nintendo world. Um, There there is ways to do it in certain games. However, um, what's good about that is if you've got kids, and we'll come on to that in a minute, um, that reduces the risk of... You know, children speaking to strangers. Yeah, it gives you a bit more comfort. Yeah. yeah, which is a Nintendo thing. Anton, you were going to say something. Yeah, as well as that. Um, obviously, I think we're getting in the minority of people who have grown up with Super Nintendos and Mega Drives. But even if you're not really into that kind of era, it's very much the greatest hits are here, and that you can rewind and fast forward through the game, so you can skip past and if you're falling down the same pit 20 times you can just rewind and kind of get the hang of the controls which is lovely yeah. to do it's a great uh, little extra that that's something that we never had growing up playing those games so um so it's a really nice little function if you are new completely new to to that era of gaming or want to go and revisit it and play it much easier than you did the first time but yeah kind of going on with the the mentioning of kind of kids and the online stuff uh, a notable feature is if you are buying it for a, a younger relative um, or friend, uh, they do have a parental controls app available on Android and iOS. Uh, and on this, you can do everything from kind of limiting the kind of the level of online play. Uh, you can limit game times, so they have an option for it. So you could set it so you're only allowed to play f- uh, two hours a day. 
uh, and then once it's hit that two hour bit it'll kind of come up with a big flashing thing that will maybe let them play for an extra two minutes before hard locking the console I, do you know i actually genuinely didn't even know that that's fantastic that's really cool uh, nintendo are a very family friendly company yeah absolutely. yeah and it's got everything and what's really handy is if you're very busy and you kind of you don't get the most time to hang out with your kids and you're you get home and then you're just kind of having to get the dinner on and get the wash on and all that kind of stuff you can actually go into the app later and then see what they've been playing so you can be like oh yeah like yeah, you've been playing more uh, Mario and King Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle like uh, did you get past that world or oh <laughs> I've seen you've been going back to Odyssey and you can kind of uh, yeah or you've been you continuing some... that game without me and you promised you'd wait for me to play that's probably the conversation <laughs> I would be having actually lock it just out of spite so if you have been up to mischief you can just be like nah you're about to beat my high score nope not happening oh, not you happening. sit in the back of the room and wait until they're about to finish the boss and turn oh, off the oh that's so harsh but but also um, very useful uh, so generally let's just talk about parents and, and buying a Switch I mean, we've talked about the pros and cons of the different versions of it and I guess that a lot will depend on if you know if you've got one child that wants to buy wants to play the Switch maybe a light is the ideal console but maybe if you've got two Buying two lights is expensive. Maybe it's more a case of going for a standard switch so that they, then they can play it on the television now and then and play two players and buying a second controller would be cheaper then than buying two lights. Um, but that's something that is going to be a case of weighing up the pros and cons. Um, I think for parents, the great thing about Nintendo it's the same as it's always been with Nintendo. They are the family-friendly console. These days, it's changed in the sense that they're much more open to games for all ages, and I think that's a positive thing because we have parental controls. We can control what people do and don't play. Um, however, um, there are some really good games that I think um, you could check out as a parent that would be great to start off um, playing games with the kids. And some of them you can play together, which I know you're going to talk about in a minute. And I, I think I know which game you're going to talk about. And I'm actually playing it right now. I started it last week. Anyway, in a moment, Anton, what what kind of games would you suggest for parents who are picking up a Switch for the first time yes. for their kids? Uh, I think one of the, the most popular with kids at the moment would be uh, Minecraft's a good one to start with. Get for about £20 physical. Um, obviously, you have your big... You know, famous Nintendo titles, Mario Kart 8, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, um, you got a, got a whole bunch. What, what about yourselves? What's, what's the kind of first titles that pops into your Go on then, Alistair. So I, it's probably worth saying, and it might sound a little dumb, but for those people who don't know, video games are rated in the same way that movies and TV shows are. Yeah. So actually, if you look in the front of a video game box, there's a little Peggy rating, mm -hmm. and that'll tell you whether the game's suitable for whatever age of kids. And I think they start at age three, and then it goes seven, and then they go up to, I think it's 12 is the next one up. Yeah. So actually, that's the very first thing to be aware of. Games have age ratings, and they're actually quite a good guide for what is suitable for various stages of kids yeah. so I've got a four year old I play Mario Kart with him all, not a lot but he asks to play a lot you'd probably play a lot more if you could he can't really control it yet but he enjoys it Yeah. Um, yeah. so things like Mario Kart and uh, Super Mario Odyssey are great ways of introducing kids to video games but there's a lot of really good family friendly kids games out mm -hmm. there all the Lego games. Yes. So Lego have been making mm. games for years based on different IPs. So there's sort of Lego superheroes in the Marvel Universe. There's mm -hmm. Lego uh, Jurassic Park. There's Lego Harry Potter. Yeah, those which is the one I started playing yeah. last week. So those games are really, really playable. And actually, you can play them with your kid. I know a lot of folk yeah. have done this. Um, so you maybe have the grown-up guide.
guiding the gameplay and the kid just running around having fun. And it's a great introduction. The great thing about the Lego games as well is that you don't really die as such. Um, so, so in a traditional video game, you might think of, oh, the game, the game's over because my character has now disappeared off the screen. Um, when your character disappears off the screen in Lego, when you lose your hearts, um, you, it'll pop back up again. And you might lose some coins, but actually you can keep playing that game and keep playing it until you get better at it. At it. So that's a, I think the Lego games are a great shout for that. Um, you got any other ones you wanted to mention? Yeah, this one came out earlier in your Yoshi's Crafted World, which is a mm-hmm. really, really simple platformer and a great way to get kids mm-hmm. uh, playing games like traditional platformer type stuff. It's very, very forgiving. It's very cutesy, very artsy. And you know it's it's a safe thing to put in front of kids from sort of, I don't know, three years old up. Yeah. So I recommend things like that. Um, as I get a bit older, kids are always gonna they're gonna want to start playing uh, more and more varied games, and that's yeah. really where the rating things comes come back to. Um, but so a lot of the party games are out there are mm-hmm. another great way to get kids gaming uh, that you can get involved with them doing. So things like Mario Party out there, I would, we would highly recommend Mario Party for grown-ups yeah. and for kids. It's uh, basically it's, it's board games. It's little interactive mini games that you play. So they're really good fun to get you and your kids up running around, jumping, swishing your controllers around and just generally having a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I think they're really good recommendations. I think as well, um, if you go to the eShop, uh, online on your Switch. So if you go down to the icon that says eShop and you go in there, there's actual, um, you can actually change the search terms in there and you can search for games that are suitable for children. And there's actually some educational games in there. And this is something that I've talked about in a regular podcast because way back when gaming started in the 80s and became a household thing, there were lots of games that were meant to be educational and they were maybe quite fun for a while for the kids. And maybe it wasn't always fun, but they were there. And um, mm-hmm. if you want to go and check out for example i know there are several maths games on the switch eShop that you can go and buy they're only a few pounds each and it might be that you're um you're, you're trying to you know your kids really working on their times tables well there's actually some some games in the shop that you can buy that help with that so it's worth checking those out as well and just have a really good look around um you know so it doesn't just have to be about all out fun but i'll tell you they'll probably have more fun playing the maths game on there than they might you know writing it out so it's maybe it's maybe an extra incentive as well so yeah, I, I definitely think um, even as if, if it's for yourself or for uh, a younger player, I think having some good proactive games like uh, one one game I think is a really good one for just you know, having to getting players thinking uh, would be Super Mario Maker. Uh, mm. Sadly, uh, if you're in the position of ourselves, we don't really have the time to sit down and make our magnum opus of a level. <laughs> uh, but I think just getting... Uh, kids that have a chance to kind of go in there and mess around and do some creative stuff. Uh, similarly with Minecraft, uh, yeah. problem solving uh, and kind of working around the limitation of materials you've got uh, and game very accessible game. Uh, kind of regard, I think for a kid maybe seven and up, very accessible. Um, yeah, and if kind of going back for a game for everyone, uh, New Super Mario Bros. U. Uh, yeah, fun co-op, fun single player fun if you're like 40 or four yeah absolutely um no i think i think this is, these are all really good um suggestions and as i say eShop, have a look on there for, for other titles do a bit of research online watch a couple of videos youtube is a great place to see what these games look like and i think that gives you a good gauge as to whether it's for you go and have a look at some gameplay videos people actually playing the games um but uh, no this the switch is the console definitely for for playing if you have kids next up then co-op and party gaming so 
talking about um, party gaming in the sense of um, it could be everyone in the room. So let's take the everyone in the room thing first, because that's the fun thing. Let's say you've got a gathering of people um, and maybe someone in the room doesn't play video games. Don't you worry, because there is a way to get them all interacting and have some fun. <laughs> we, um, do, we do this a lot, don't we? We do. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us about it, Alistair. Uh, well, you're, you're alluding to a particular genre of game called uh, Jackbox. Yes. There's several copies of these games. They must be up to number six, I think it is. Yeah. It's basically collections of mini games, a bit like Mario Party that I m- mentioned earlier on, in that it's a collection of little wee games that you play the good fun. Um, Jackbox is... How do you describe Jackbox? It's, it is mini games, but it's, they're interactive and you don't necessarily play on the Switch. So that sounds weird. You use the Switch, which guides you through the games, but everybody that's playing is on a mobile phone or a tablet. Mm-hmm. So your so granny as long as you've can got play a phone, it. Or you've yeah. got an iPhone or an Android, yeah. you can play it. And you don't have to be good at games. It's all sort of word play and just people drawing pictures, and it's just stupid fun. Oh yeah, I mean, I would say things like if you play Pictionary in the past, or if you played um, to take a more extreme example, Cards Against Humanity, which can you know obviously that's a very adult game, but it, you can go f- sort of between all of these kind of things. It's a lot of fun. You can have people in the room that have never some of my friends who have never played video games, no, no interest. They will play the Jackbox games because it's good fun. Um, so there's a couple of party game suggestions. Anton, you've got some as well. Yeah, uh, certainly. Like Jackbox is basically the board game of video games. Yeah. Um, kind of other kind of affordable ones if you're kind of up for, if you've got somebody who's maybe played a little bit of gaming, uh, Overcooked is fairly kind of entry level uh, and it doesn't really matter if you're good at it uh, as long as you use kind of, it's all about just collaboration and kind of yelling at each other which is tons of fun. It's good Super fun Mario but you will Party. fall out. Yeah, you will fall out with your friends. I've tried playing that with about five friends. So far I've managed to play it successfully with one. The rest yeah. of them, everybody else, we've just about lost our friendships over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to suggest one as well before you do the next one. I'm going to say snipper clips. I was That's just a good one. saying yep. that. I've got oh, my where are you? switch Sorry. on hand, running through the list, seeing what I've played. But yeah, snipper clips, you can get it physically for about £20 with the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, originally a launch title and it's got tons of content it's fairly accessible from my experience playing it it's really good fun um and it, on t- two-player mode it is it's just a real blast and again it's one that if you're not a massive video gamer or maybe you live with someone that isn't a big video gamer but you are you'll both have fun on it yeah what else we've got we've got Bomberman, which is a, Bomberman, it's a classic yeah, it's a really good uh, yeah. good couch co-op and uh broforce Broforce, yes. uh, <laughs> if you want um, old school action kind of, you know, beating up everything on the screen with some really funny references to 80s and 90s movies, um, you'll like Broforce. That's good fun. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of games on there. And I think, uh, again, it's been surprising how Nintendo have really embraced sort of, you know, couch co-op mode, which is where everyone's in the same room. And I think that's something that's really positive. And I know we play a lot. Uh, I've played a two player on um, other games like uh, Resident Evil evil for example so there's there's a game where you know you got one lead character someone else plays as well it's scary so obviously it's an adult game but you know you two of you play play together on that there are it's definitely more co-op <coughs> couch co-ops are only friendly than other consoles because it basically yeah. the switch as long as you don't buy the light if you buy a normal switch it comes with two controllers to start off with yeah and then if you buy another set of joy cons you've then got four controllers yeah. So it is very, very easy to get into couch co-op. Speaking of board games, there's even Monopoly. You can actually play yeah. Monopoly on and Switch. And Catan. And Catan, Catan. yes. So there are yeah. board games on there too, Anton. And with that as well, as if you're looking for, if you've got somebody who is absolutely the worst, hopeless, but really wants to play, there are a couple of games that can kind of do what I like to call uh, backseat gaming modes. Uh, <laughs> an example of this would be Super Mario Odyssey or Luigi's Mansion 3 
where yeah. you can give a separate Joy-Con to a friend, uh, and they can kind of poke, they can collect coins, they can, uh, I think in Luigi's Mansion 3, you can kind of have a Gooigi that can just wander around and just help you out with puzzles. It's not necessarily kind of two separate instances of a player working through a level, but kind of a, a secondary player kind of coinciding with the first player yeah it's like it's like the old sonic 2 on the mega drive if anyone who's played games back in those days uh sonic was the character but someone else could play as tails didn't matter how many times tails went off the screen or died they would just keep playing whereas sonic was the main character and it's a bit like that where you know, again if you've got a young kid perhaps maybe that's too young to play maybe they could throw the hat in mario for example and be your sort of sidekick helper yeah like, a good way to bring them along for the journey and they can have a bit of fun yeah and enjoy the game because you know games are not always just about playing it's sometimes about watching the story unfold and see where it goes as well and helping um okay let's move on then we want to so we've kind of covered most of the main stuff but i want to just quickly talk about some recommendations so talking about single player adventures if you're someone that um, is maybe coming from another console and you thought i'm gonna buy a switch um and you know i've always been a, a playstation player so we're talking about more experienced gamers now what kind of single players uh player games for people that haven't paid any attention to the switch what kind of games might you want to play anton give us a recommendation oh i, I think the the first one and this was very much the joke for the first year of the switch is it was the breath of the wild console uh, <laughs> Calv, i thought you might say we, that we waited uh, a good solid 10 years for the legend of zelda breath of the wild and uh, very much it revolutionized the franchise and um, thankfully, um, this is coming from somebody who wasn't a fan of Breath, uh, Legend of Zelda games uh, or RPGs heavily for that matter. It's fairly accessible uh, to people who are not in the genre. I think anybody 10 and up would probably be a good range for this. And it's kind of got very naturalistic learning uh, within of it and teaching you the mechanics very naturally. Uh, just simple stuff of it has a wall so you have to learn how to climb to get forward in the game and uh, there's even videos online talking about having complete non non gamers play Breath of the Wild for the first time and how the game naturally teaches them uh, outside of that um, obviously that's one of the big ones we've got Super Mario Odyssey yes uh, very beloved um, and yeah how, how about yourself Alistair I'd say the other one that the other major obvious one there is Mario Kart yeah um, mm. so they played the three biggies from Nintendo themselves but there's some great other games out there yeah. and there's one came out earlier this year which uh, people non-gamers and gamers alike seem to love and it's another good co-op one is Untitled Goose Game oh yeah came yeah. out earlier in the year it's basically it's a you control a goose you're on and you cause havoc that's pretty yeah. much it but in a really cutesy way also with Mario Kart if you haven't played um, Mario Kart there's a lot of single player content in that as well but it also has great co-op uh, in the room. It's I mean, I, I, we should there should have been our first mention probably on co-op, really. Um, but it's also got great online multiplayer as well. It's just a great, fun title. I'm sure at some point you m will have come across it. But the new one is almost the definitive version, I would say. Um, I would say I'm going to recommend two different, very different types of games for those sort of more experienced gamers. First of all, I would say um, if you want a game but never got around to playing, I'd say the new Assassin's Creed double pack, which includes Black Flag and Rogue. Um, I think that's a good title. It's been really well reviewed. It's very stable. Uh, another one might be Dragon Quest. If you're into more of a Japanese RPG type style game, there's uh, Dragon Quest is on the Switch and it's getting great reviews too. And then totally different sort of genre, but games don't always have to be 
about action. It could be more story-driven. So the Telltale games, Telltale no longer exists, but they make these narrative games where you can watch a story unfold and there's Batman and sometimes you'll pick them up in the shop for about eight pounds there's two Batman titles from Telltale the second one was a new company that basically finished it but essentially it's the same kind of game and then also finally um, Steins Gate if you are a um, if you like visual novels or if you like reading uh, stories unfold with less kind of interaction what you do but having the occasional decision to make it's a Japanese novel it's about 20 odd hours long, but it's a great engaging story, got English subtitles, um, and you do have some really crucial decisions to make, which makes, you know, the game change as, as you go along. But it's more about like a, it's one you might play late at night and read it as you go along. Uh, but there are so many. I mean, I've just mentioned a couple of my favorites, but there are so many, Alistair, that to be honest, um, we started off the big joke with the Switch was, as uh, as Anton said, is it's a Breath of the Wild console because there's not much else on there, Mario Kart beside, uh, mm. aside. Now, Alistair, I think there must be oh, thousands of games. There are literally thousands of games spanning just about every genre you can think of. If you want sports sim, there's umpteen football games out there. You want yeah. a racing game, we've now got tons of racing games. Uh, if you want a side-scrolling platformer, we've got them. We've got point and click. Yeah. There are just so many out there, and we could wax local for hours about what's out there. Yeah, we, just don't, have t- we don't have the time to do it. I mean, I think our recommendation would be if you're not after one of these big titles we've talked about already, just Google. Yeah. Google's a great place to get a pretty quick idea of what people like. And if you like the look of one game, go and have a look at a YouTube video of it. Have a look at a a review of an independent review of it too. Anton, did you want to add anything to this? Yeah, and one thing to say is you can, uh, if you want, want the best place to kind of look is on the Nintendo website. You can browse the the eShop on there. So that has all the games in one place. You can filter as per genre. Uh, you can click on one game and then down the side, I believe it has some recommendations of some games that are similar. Um, yeah. One thing I'd kind of like to throw some suggestions out there. If you're looking for a, a more mature title, because I know Nintendo does have its its little aesthetic, which may not be for everyone. Uh, we've had a really good year. Obviously, we've had the Assassin's Creed's that you've just mentioned. Uh, we had Witcher 3, which is a monumental the size game uh, Alien Isolation's looking very good The Doom uh, Bethesda's been really great with the Switch with two Wolfenstein titles um, it, so just to clarify it's not just uh, your kind of Marils and Zeldas because I know that's not everybody's cup of tea yeah um, absolutely Overwatch you can get it quite cheap now for £18 and that yeah. only came out quite recently and obviously that's a big title that's uh, been uh, getting it's became very polished as of now yeah, if you like football and cars, Rocket League is another one, but you have to have an online subscription to play that. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, not necessarily. I've only ever played it local. Okay, so yeah, if, if you're on your if you're a single player, you really there's... or all multiplayer in the same room. Or... Multiplayer in the same room yep. is yeah is, is is good, but definitely it's mo- the majority of people playing that are playing that online. But again, um, you know, another good title. I think what we should finish with is let's just talk a bit about um, terminology. So because people hear these words ba- branded about you know indies, AAA titles, JRPGs, all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll talk about indies very briefly. So indies, um, they're basically games made by independent studios that are maybe smaller. Generally, they're categorized as games that um, aren't one of the the big hitting titles like it's not a Mario it's not a Zelda it's not from one of the Nintendo it's not from another big studio um, but there are some amazing independent games out there Anton um, one of the ones that springs to mind for me is Undertale um, and another one is West of Loathing I'm thinking of two right there but Anton what do you want and, to say about indies? Indeed very much these games are quite often a lot niche 
uh, but quite thankfully, due to them having smaller developers, they're quite often more focused. So, kind of some of the most popular kind of indies that we have is stuff like Stardew Valley, which is like a farming simulator, not a big title. Similarly, we have Hollow Knight, which is kind of uh, a throwback to kind of early PS1 Metroidvania cell games. Uh, Celeste, which is kind of a narrative cell platformer. Uh, Cuphead, which is an homage to 1950s cartoons. These are not the kind of titles that appeal to everyone, but if you're, let's say, you've just the last console you played was like uh, a BBC Micro, somebody's made a game on the eShop that has got BBC Micro inspired graphics. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about those kind of just finding those little wee oddball games that yeah. maybe you and 10 people want, but for you, odd, it'll be perfect. An oddball title that I would recommend is Night in the Woods. It's an absolutely beautifully written game. Fantastic. Um, really well-reviewed music is fantastic. There's many, many of these games, and again, it's about research, but um, on the the eShop, you'll see how many titles there are. So I think sometimes, again, it's worth just checking these out and, and looking at some reviews. It's also worth pointing out, the eShop regularly has sales. Mm-hmm. So even if you're looking at the eShop online just now, and after we've just told you, go and have a look, some of the games might look quite expensive on there. They quite often are on sale, and you can usually get them cheaper just going to a physical shop or going to some website like a GameStop or Amazon yeah. or something like that. So don't get put off by the prices. Every game isn't actually 50 quid. No, it's sometimes it'll say 50 pounds on the shop, but you will find a physical copy of that with a cartridge for 29.99 or less. And look out for deals as well. I always talk about checking for deals. I think that's really important. Um, don't just always go for the first thing. Is it sometimes cheaper elsewhere? Often it is, I think. Apart from the big AAA titles, they tend to retain their value. So the Zeldas and the Marios and the Dragon Quests and that kind of thing yeah. tend to not be reduced. And we should also say, it's, there's no harm in buying secondhand games. Um, that was, unless you're buying digital, you can always buy a physical cartridge and then sell it on, or you can buy a second-hand one because there's not really much that goes wrong with them. No. They're completely safe. Go on eBay or wherever you want to go and buy a second-hand copy, you're probably okay. What kind of terminology, Anton, might we see? So JRPG, RPG oh. is a role-playing game. That's that's where you play the role of a protagonist and you go on a big adventure. Uh, JRPG is the Japanese version of that, so it would have originated in Japan and it has a sort of very specific style. Anton, what else have we yeah, got? Yeah, I, I guess uh, a, a lot of the terminology you'll find will be more so regarding genres so obviously you've got your fpss which would be kind of your first person games looking through the point of view of the protagonist uh you could and usually they're shooting as well you're usually sort of firing a gun um um, i guess third person shooters this is kind of similarly kind of similar gameplay but you're looking from behind the character uh your platformers uh, it might sound a little bit uh obtuse but that's basically your marios that can be either 2d or 3d um, point and oh. click I think it's another one a point and click adventures in the 90s it was very very popular um, and that's where there's a story and you have to literally find things on the screen to point at and click on it literally as it says and then you make a decision based on what you find you might have to combine an item with another item to find the solution a lot of detective type games or mystery games Alistair yeah kind of thing. you've also got a You've got puzzle games, where mm-hmm. you're literally, as they sound, you're just solving puzzles. Quite often, that's baked into a story. Look out for brain training. That's coming in the new yep. year as well. That's yep. another one. There's a couple that we've covered lately, like Roguelike, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, I'll let Anton give the description, because he beautifully yeah, be so, before. Uh, roguelikes are kind of like games where uh, you're, you're one life. You have one life, basically, and it's the idea of making it as far as possible. Some games reward you for repeated plays. Some are literally just a survival to the fitness, fittest kind of thing. But it's kind of about making the game more intense. Um, quite often you'll hear a lot of games 
developers chatting about 8 and 16-bit. Um, this doesn't mean so much these days, but it's essentially referring to the visual aesthetic. Uh, essentially going back to kind of 85, you had kind of 8-bit style games. So that's uh, your that's like- Nintendo's Master Systems, that kind of yeah. era. And then you have 16-bit, which is graphics more in part of the original Sonic. Uh, so it's more of a visually aesthetic and kind of how kind of fluid the gameplay is, where 8-bit games are a little bit more rigid uh, and 16-bit is a little bit more fluid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, shmups. Shmups, yeah, basically a short way of saying uh, shoot him up. But you might hear that, you might hear someone refer to it as that. You've got another one else. There's, well, there's hack and slash, hack and which slash. is literally, it's usually a button basher. That's where you're just mashing buttons on the controller and just killing everything around you yeah. with a sword or whatever beat em ups, it is. Beat em up, similar kind of thing, maybe more um, targeted at, at thinking of um, uh, trying to sort of get combinations of of you know uh, moves by doing a combination of buttons that yeah kind of thing. and then there's the uh, mmo rpg or just mmo sometimes yeah which there's not many of them on the switch but no, they exist a couple which basically stands for a massively online multiplayer game and you might have role-playing game on the end for if it's mmo rpg yeah. and that's basically where you're in a big open world with a ton of other people who are also playing and they're doing whatever they want to do effectively yeah. Yeah, I it's think like your World of Warcraft type ideas. Yes, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Is there anything you want to add, anyone, before oh, we we finish up uh, on our think guide? One one game I would like to include uh, before shuffling on. If you have somebody who's wanting to try a shooter, but you're kind of a little bit hesitant that maybe about throwing them at like a, an Overwatch or a some like a Doom or something like that, I think a great title to consider would be Splatoon 2. Yes. Uh, Splatoon 2 is um, essentially, it's technically a third-person shooter. However, it's less about killing your enemies, but rather kind of covering the kind of level on the map with paint, and it's an idea of who has the most paint on the map wins. Yeah. Uh, and with that, it comes a little bit less aggressive, which is quite nice. And uh, with it being Nintendo, they've done a lot of quality of life things that make it a little bit more approachable for first-time shooter players. So, yeah. for instance, you can aim purely from motion controls alone rather than having a motion controls. Through. By the way, are when you um, can you actually physically move the controller um, to aim where you're going rather than using the buttons, um, essentially, Good right? Description, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like the Wii, almost, yeah. uh, which is kind of a much more accessible way to play it, and I, I think that's a, a useful one to keep in mind. Yeah, no, it's a very good suggestion, Alistair. You, you you've kind of covered most things, I think. I think we've done a pretty in-depth dive there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the buyer's guide. I know it's obviously more aimed at people who aren't experienced Switch players, but I think the good thing is this is going to stay in our catalogue. So when people come to the Switch for the first time, or if you've got someone that's maybe buying and you're an experienced player, then perhaps you can send them to this episode and get them to have a listen because it's it's going to be relevant still in a year's time, other than maybe some new game suggestions. So yeah, we'll edit in. Nintendo Switch Pro. Done. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, new versions. As well uh, as that, if you're you're looking for uh, another game, some more games to pick up, uh, next week we will have the Nintendo Switch UK Podcast Game Awards Special. Yes. Uh, running down our favourite games of the years. Uh, we have several categories. Um, so just tune in next week. Uh, it should be a, a lot of fun and uh, you can get a little wee teaser of what we enjoyed. 
Absolutely. Well, look, uh, in the meantime, check us out at nsukp.co.uk. And if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, then please do five star would be lovely. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We are on Twitter as well. It's NSUK Podcast. uh, And you'll get us on Facebook. You'll also get us on any downloadable podcast app, pretty much. You'll get wherever you found this. Yeah, wherever you found this, keep finding us. That would be fantastic. Uh, Until then, have a fantastic Christmas when it comes. If you don't hear us again before then, which you won't now, I guess. Uh, And uh, we'll see you again soon for season two in 2020. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.